Hi, I'm Mike David, and my thoughts and opinions are my own, and not a representation of the Movie Rose community, its sponsors, or its brands. Yeah, let's get into it. What's good? This is The Commando. I'm your host, Mike David. I'm actually really excited to do this episode. Like, I, I, I am. I'm <laughs> Today, Charles Oliveira stands up to all the all the doubt and and <laughs> yeah he get, he gets a chance to show if he's the diamond cutter not to be corny but yeah let's get it now i'm going to i wanted to wait but i also wanted to get this out i wanted to get it done so i am not going to listen to off top I'm already I'm already messing up, and I I'm not even sticking to script. This is why I need people, baby. Anyways, before I dip off for the day, I wanted to say at the top of the show. Now we have corrections coming, yes, but I wanted to say at the top of the show. I, I don't want to. I'm not going to really make a prediction for today. I now, mind you, I respect these gentlemen equally. Dustin deserves a title. That interim title wasn't no fucking title. He knows that. Right? He, won, he, he needs the title. And he may believe he needs it to solidify his legacy. I don't believe he needs it. Now, whether he wins today or not, so be it. He deserves it. I can't be mad at it. But the doubt of Charles Oliveira cannot be denied. This man has put down some beast. Now... However you hold them in the rankings, we have to understand these are the the elite of the elite. He's done things to Tony Ferguson that no one did to Tony Ferguson. And let's be honest, I, 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 you know, I, I get things wrong at the time. I'm, I'm not DC. <laughs> but I believe he put away Tony Ferguson in that first round. Now, you're going to, I know, so, oh, wait, didn't it go to, it doesn't matter. Any other person taps. Any person in their right mind taps. And we have, a, I have a point about what happened there in Oliveira versus Tony Ferguson and Tony Ferguson basically submitting him. He didn't tap. He almost tapped. He almost tapped. He almost committed to the, <laughs> he almost committed to the tap, but he believed he can still beat Charles Oliveira probably, and I'm talking about Tony Ferguson now, probably on who Oliveira used to be. And, and I'm, I mean, of course, we're talking about Tony Ferguson, who there is no quit in Tony Ferguson. If there is a match against a brick wall, Tony Ferguson believes he can win. Now, I hope I'm not being too harsh of a critic, but I'm being serious. Now, on that rant, I was supposed to keep this episode short. Um, let's get into this actual episode. Now, starting off with those two corrections. The first one is, I watched Chris Curtis <laughs> get beat up <laughs> on PFL, because I was watching on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, he was not on Bellator, so that, that's one correction. The other correction is when I was talking about Manel Cobb, I was speaking about his two losses, but now we know he's two and two. Congrats on the win. We'll get more on Manel Cobb later in the episode. Now let's actually start the episode. 
<laughs> okay. All the things that were said last week, we did not count Aldo out. No one did. But some things transpired almost exactly how we thought they were going to go. So we will get into some recap on UFC Font versus Jose Aldo. Definitely. To run through a couple of notable wins, Rafael Fazev, Chris Curtis, Jamal Hill, Manel Kopp, of course, and, and of course, both to Aldo and Font, Font and Aldo. I don't think any stock comes off of Aldo. I mean, Aldo, of course not. Stock went way up. But no stock comes off of Font on this one. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. And Aldo did exactly what he was supposed to do. And I think I pre prediction of Font winning, of course, that's, not, that's the lost part here. But Aldo did exactly what he needed to do. Exactly what I believe I even said, which is amazing. Because I, we, we got to see a part of Aldo that impressed me again. Now, we're, again, this episode is going to be a little crunched down. Also, anyone who visits the, visits the site, listens to this podcast, listens to the On E podcast, everything is going to come back in full-fledged 2022. We're still working on stuff. We're still knocking stuff out. And I say we're because there are some people behind the scenes besides me. It's me making sure all this shit is glued together. <laughs> but for the most part, it is me. So I'm going to get into a couple of things over this week, over my lifetime of understanding in MMA, and we're going to touch on some unique points. Sorry, this is not the, if you came here to listen to someone predict fights and movements, I do that as well, but mostly I just talk about what, whatever comes to my mind and really is kind of scratching at me. Things that I believe the MMA community should be, should be asked. Fighters should be asked. Now, I'm not saying I, my voice is big enough yet, but it's, it's a collective. If we coll collectively can come together, think of some constructive shit to put into... We have the WFL coming. And I'm not speaking of like I'm some <laughs> radical. But there are some major leagues coming our way. It's going to sweep through the industry. Will it change the UFC? I, I'm kind of cut in between here. Now, mind you, I'm still going on my tangent. We haven't really gotten to the meat and potato of the episode. But I'm just telling you, in overall, thank you for coming to the site. Thank you for listening to the content. More will be coming. That's it. That's how, <laughs> that's how I want to phrase that. So anybody who's like, oh, where's this? Where's that? It's all coming. Man, we did video for this. This is the other thing. We did video. I did video. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to do the best, <laughs> the best shit possible. I got, I got this. I got this, right? I did it in 4K, 60 frames. Like, oh, I got this. Like, people are going to be like, what? Look at this. Month. <laughs> I could see the <laughs> I could see the cuts in your face. So I'm, I'm moving the info. I'm transferring the data. And um, one, we, I recorded more than I 
thought I was going to record two. If you look at the breakdown of how much 4K 60 frames a second is to download or transfer, fucking crazy. And I, I, I was trying to transfer this from, I mean, okay, this is, again, this is pilot stuff. This is me. Uh, get, all the technical difficulties are <laughs> get hammered out in the beginning, you know? I don't, the, we don't have the sign to hang, but yeah, maybe we'll play a little, you know, for anybody who is in their 30s, 40s, 50s, um, maybe their late 20s, I can't remember when it stopped, but if you're old enough to know that at a certain time, TV was done, it was like everybody went home. <laughs> Like, the broadcast ended for almost every channel on TV. Now, imagine if that happened nowadays. The Well, I guess we wouldn't even be to this level of social media for that to happen. But this is an era that I'm, I'm coming from. And in that section when they would cut the broadcast, they would play a little sound like... Something like that. And... It basically told you go the fuck to sleep. Like you should be sleep right now, or you should be at work, or you should be in something. Like <laughs> you shouldn't be watching TV at this hour. Anyways, let's get into the episode. So this week I want to talk about Daniel Cormier's genius. Sorry, I scratched my face. You can't see video this week. No, we're not doing the 4K60. No. <laughs> well, like I said, full-fledged 2022. One in 2022. We're going to do that first quarter. Getting back to the genius of Daniel Cormier. No tangent, Michael. No tangent. Getting back to the genius. Now, anybody who's been listening to uh, the up-and-coming media days for the events coming up for UFC, which is today, uh, Dominique Cruz made a statement. Now, if you listen to the whole video, now, I had a conversation with my cousin, and I should have listened to the whole video. Well, there's two videos now. We're going to get into all that. But the initial video where Dominique Cruz makes the statement about Daniel Cormier, if you do what you're supposed to do as a decent human being <laughs> and listen to the full interview, right? Not just the clip, the full interview. Dan, uh, Dominique Cruz says nothing wrong. He says what he feels as a man around a other, uh, again, a sport of alpha men right? All these sensitive ass ears, <laughs> all these sensitive ass cauliflower ears. It's, it's incredible. Um, Dominique Cruz makes a statement about Daniel Cormier, which is his partner in several regards. His brother, his, which as, as they've stated, this is not me being behind the scenes. They've stated this publicly. Brothers, friends, and confidants in a way of private information or at as Daniel Cormier had thought, he was releasing information that, you know, he was saying certain things he shouldn't have said. I see what Daniel Cormier is saying, but I believe this is the genius in Daniel Cormier, and we'll get into the details right now. So I have some points here. But I understand, and I know more so than ever before, the importance of friendship. The fact that DC was able to put this together immediately after Dominique Cruz made the statement is a genius 
and friend it's it it's obviously genius on Cormier's part, but don't miss the friendship. This doesn't happen without extreme. <laughs> Do I sound like a life coach? This doesn't happen without extreme friendship, right? Friendship with the UFC, friendship with between Dominique Cruz and Daniel Cormier. And then the genius in Daniel Cormier knowing, okay, not only was what Dominic Cruz to, to Daniel Cormier, because he was he looked genuinely pissed. Right? At some point. But he knew he must capitalize on the moment. Now, I think I said this before about the synergy. If you weren't able to see what was going on, besides the statement that Dominique Cruz made, there was synergy going on behind the scenes there. And guess what? Michael Bisping, which is... This is how I kind of got introduced, because uh, admittedly so, I saw the statement by Dominic Cruz, and come on now, if you're an MMA, MMA fan, casual or not, we know what Dominic Cruz says. He's, his time at these events are, are uh, they're keystone events to him, I believe, for, for anybody in UFC events. And he's not getting any younger, as he keeps saying. But if you see his record, his record is almost immaculate for someone his age, still doing what he's doing. So these statements, they don't shock me anymore. What he said about Monster, that was okay. It's insight. I'm, I actually appreciate, well, and we'll get into Dominic Cruz later, but over, overall, oh, can you hear someone's car getting broken into? That's amazing. That's why I love living in the hood. <laughs> um, we'll get into more Dominique Cruz later, but I appreciate his thoughts and I appreciate that he takes that platform as seriously as he should. He knows what he has in front of him. Dominique Cruz is a fucking businessman and a brand and a genius. Okay, let's get into more. Oh, we're talking about Dominique. Moving too fast, Michael. Now, moving on to my respect a newfound respect for Dominic Cruz. Already had respect for Dominic Cruz. This is more respect for Dominic Cruz. Obviously, both these both both of these men's these mans. Um, yes, the motorcycles racing. Let's let's get that too. <laughs> both of these men, mind you. DC. Well, obviously, we don't call fucking Dominic Cruz DC. But if you listen to the clip, if you listen to what this whole thing transpired over, if you actually listen <laughs> to the whole thing, Dominic Cruz is stating that he's talking about his fights, right? He's not stating that he that Daniel Cormier does not review fights, period, does not watch ta tapes, period. Now, he may have alluded, alluded to it. I mean, maybe... Maybe that's why Daniel Cormier was so pissed, because maybe there is some truth in it. But if you listen to the interview about what he was initially asked, Dominique Cruz is speaking about his fights ex exclusively, and that's what I got from it. And Dominique Cruz made that point several times in both interviews, in the initial interview and in the Daniel Cormier interview where things got kind of heated. 
Now, I kind of jumped around, and I, I, the, I initially saw this watching Michael Bisping's um, video, and that was what I was going to go into before I went on the other tangent. The synergy behind the scenes was my, so Michael Bisping seeing, seeing what was going on and, and getting a piece of that. Back to Dominique Cruz. Now, another part that I liked, uh, speaking about Dominique Cruz, or speaking about the second video, watching the second video, where Daniel Cormier is, quote unquote, confronting Dominique Cruz politely. Because <laughs> please remember, Dominique Cruz is trying to keep that heart rate down. If you, <laughs> if you, if you watch the whole interview, <laughs> Dominique Cruz is trying to keep his heart rate down. But at one point, you do see Dominique Cruz kind of get upset. And I was like, ooh. And, and you, almost synonymously, you can tell someone in the production team or whoever was recording that or in the vicinity, they saw the same thing. And that's when you see Michael Bisping shortly later come in. Now, this is another thing. I, <laughs> I think that Dominique Cruz... And they joked about this. I believe Dominique Cruz would fight fucking Daniel Cormier. That would be an awesome fight. And I, eesh. Think about that fantasy fight for just a second. And it's, a, it's kind of a weird fantasy fight to think of because what happens there? Does Dominique Cruz gain the weight, which would be super fucking awkward? Or does Daniel Cormier lose the weight? Eh. I think Daniel Cormier is happy being retired. And no disrespect to DC. I Listen, DC is number one to me, right? The amount, of, the amount of men he's dismantled, dismantled in the ring. Obviously, he couldn't get past John Jones. And he couldn't get past Stipe twice. But boy, Daniel Cormier, to me, is, and the UFC knows this, probably the greatest UFC fighter of all times. Yeah, I'm saying big shit, right? Because you got to think about it. We're talking about the two badass divisions in the UFC, which is heavyweight and light heavyweight. And man, if he didn't give those two, to pro those two divisions problems, that's my Daniel Cormier tangent. That's my little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, moving on now. We'll, we'll talk about Daniel Cormier. Tons on this podcast. If you if you don't like Daniel Cormier here, eesh, ifava. You're not gonna like a lot of shit that I say. I hope you do though. Like I hope I hope you know. Whether you come here for entertainment or analytics, I hope you find the entertainment. <laughs> Shout out to the. Fighters Only Awards. The Sorry, the 13th Annual Fighters Only Awards. Hosted by Chell Sonnen. It was actually pretty funny. In the, I mean, I didn't get through all of it. I, I watched some snippets of it. I, I mean, I watched the actual event, but I think I got through the, like the first half. The first, yeah. And I, I'm kind of disappointed that uh, I'm Brooklyn Wren didn't win. Um, stage or stage girl, no, not stage <laughs> ring girl, but Brooklyn Wren, maybe I, I okay, not only being 
possibly the only current ebony UFC ring girl. That I don't know if that statement is uh, legit. I I gotta maybe uh, do some <laughs> currently. Currently, let me do my research. But I think she is the only ebony, the only dark skinned sister, sister on the roster. Um. Anyway, she's beautiful. She should have won. <laughs> Special shout out to Din Thomas. He did a Stephen A. Now I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they got a good reaction from the crowd. I couldn't. I don't, give a, I don't give a fuck about the crowd. I don't care if anybody thought it was fun. It was hilarious to me. Din Thomas would. He, and he stayed in character for a long time. They talked about a lot of funny things. Or, uh, sorry, talk about Din Thomas and some. Din Thomas in his. <laughs> portrayal of a Stephen A. MMA superior fan or, you know, <laughs> journalist, it was fucking hilarious. That's, I to say it blatantly, I don't want to give too much away, but if you, the energy put into it to me, it, for, for people, I guess, you know, it's an age thing as well, but it was hilarious. Hopefully, Stephen A. Smith doesn't take it too seriously. It was ESPN, so we'll see. Now, let's dive in. Uh, also, for all the winners at the MMA or the fighters only MMA awards, congratulations to all the winners, all the athletes, everyone in the MMA community who made that show happen. Like These shows are only going to get bigger, bigger, and bigger, especially with the WFL. Looking at some of the nominees, obviously, they were very uh, UFC heavy. So it would be amazing to see someone like the WFL come in <clears throat> and really change the landscape of a lot of different things. Even the fighters only MMA awards. Now, getting into little small recap for last week because we're not going to really dive into an event we can't we haven't watched yet UFC is we'll do that recap next week we'll, we'll do a prediction well obviously this is the fuck we can't do the prediction <laughs> oh. while I remember this if anyone has if anyone has okay I'm not even gonna talk about it I'm gonna post it and I want people to <clears throat> I want people to make the distinction for themselves now I don't know if he's been back. I was speaking about Paul Felder. I don't know if Paul Felder's been back on air since he said nigga on air. Now, if you are, <laughs> and maybe I should find the clip before well, I, I have the clip, right? Maybe I should find and see if it's still in uh, UFC on demand before, you know, someone else figures it out. But if you can find, now I keep my word, if you can find the clip where Paul Felder, during a ESPN broadcast, says the word nigga, I will give you a lifetime membership. Now, mind you, <laughs> you can contact me on the site. You go to MikeAtMovieRolls.com. You can hit me up. You can send me to the first person to do this will get a lifetime membership. What does a lifetime membership mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that as this site opens up and gets bigger and listen, this is, this is going to be a huge site. 
we have tons of artists and content and people coming. As the premium content opens up, as we do giveaways, as we do appreciation for our founders, you will get a founder. <laughs> I'm going, I'm, it, it's not, you know, I'm not, this is out there. I'm not trying to put Paul Felder on blast. I, I appreciate Paul Felder. Let's, let's get into, I appreciate Paul Felder and I love the shit out of him. Like he's a, he's a warrior and he should not be reprimanded at all for saying what he said. I, I have friends that, listen, I was at a Kanye concert and everybody around me was saying the word nigga. And guess what? They were not black. There was a sp- <laughs> for the well, not for the first time, but there was a sprinkle of black people, and they were far away from me. But everybody around me was saying the word, and they were not black. They were they were non-black people. Let me just say that. <laughs> now, back to what I was saying. If you find this Paul Felder saying the word on ESPN, the N word on ESPN, I will give you a founder account which means you're going to get all these free giveaways and these this premium content. And when we really start to bubble up, tickets to events, all this shit. Listen, I, I'm trying to build a community of people who are eager. Let's do it. Now, getting into the rest of this, uh, there's going to be a lot of tangents on my shows. Some are going to be little treasure troves. Some of these tangents are going to be treasure troves where I say something. If let's people for the folks that are listening, because we do have people visit the site, and I know they're wondering, like, well, okay, where's, where, <laughs> yeah, you know, more is coming, but we're going to have these Easter eggs on the site where, if you're listening or the first person that heads to the site and finds it, you will find something special there, just like these tangents. Trust me, these aren't for nothing. <laughs> now, moving on, moving on to Kai Car Car France. Now, again, I am not your analyst. These are just some points and knocking down some topics that I want to talk about throughout this episode. In his upcoming fight with Cody Garbrandt, now I see a couple of different things with his style of fighting and his evadings, right? And 90% of the time, he always evades from a particular or from a particular stance or he backs out or exits out of the same exit 90% of the time. Now I see that being an issue. Right now, if Cody identifies with that, and if any fighter who who has, because Kai Car Francis, his wins and losses they're kind of win loss win loss win loss. So either the fighter figures out the repetitive state, and not saying that Kai is not versatile, but in one of his last fights he was very repetitive in the way he. He backed out of the situation. Mind you, he skated, not skated by. That's, that's a hard one. He got by with a win, but I believe it was a split. Now, I believe Kai's biggest issue are straights and overhand hooks. Yeah, that's like, oh, that's, that's, that's pretty general, right? Uh, I think once the repetitive nature kind of sets in, or once he hasn't identified with, uh, he's gaining so much success with a certain style or pattern. But you understand, or even seeing his fights, you have to understand, Kai fights in, a, in an all-out way, and he's not afraid to get in wars. Mind you, he knows when to evade. He may get clipped, but he knows when to evade. The only other thing I see being an issue for Kai is his stance. Now, 
leg kicks are an issue for Kai, but also one of his things that he uses to close distance so quickly. And he's not afraid to come forward, which is uh, maybe an issue for Cody's movement. Now, I know we have a lot of or MMA fans and even the media talks about Cody's stamina, talks about the weight cut. Now, I'm no nutritionist, but Cody looked fucking amazing in that weight cut. Now, maybe I can't tell because of all the tattoos and <laughs> can't tell how sunken in he really is minus the, the muscle mass. But the fact that he was able to keep so much muscle and lose all that weight, man, he, he, that power may be a problem for Kai. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. The way Kai closes distance means he, breaks, he, brings, he brings that power as well. I kind of went back on this one. I kind of went back, back and forth on this one. And after seeing, and you, you always, the, I think in the betting odds as well, there's always a dip. There's always an adjustment, whether it's small or it's, <laughs> it's steep. The only other time I saw a weigh-in when I was like, what the hell is going on? When Khabib weighed, weighed in to fight Genshi, and he, he looked, he didn't look so... Uh, <laughs> he didn't look so confident. He made weight. And we're talking about Khabib here. And even seeing certain fighters stand against certain fighters in the weigh-in, right? You get to see how much body frame, how much muscle mass can really come into play. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blanking here because, well, I'm not blanking. I'm, I'm, I'm daydreaming. Well, I'm not daydreaming. <laughs> but I'm thinking about when Izzy weighed in and fought Jan. And they standing, stood next to each other. And I said, you know what? Jan, it looks bulky. It looks very, very heavy. And I remember Eugene saying that big motherfuckers have usually been an issue for Izzy. And again, Jan did what he was supposed to do in that fight. He regardless if he held him down or not. He used his strength to do what he needed to do to win his title defense. Also, another little tangent, shout out to Rutgers putting away Purdue, um, or should I say uprooting Purdue. I got up some family members uh, that went to Rutgers and shit, our annual, well, till COVID hit, our annual reunion was a Rutgers slash family reunion. So again, shout out to Rutgers. Now let's get into Aldo. I've been waiting to do this. Boy, I've been brewing. Now, didn't did Aldo I looked at the font Aldo fight like a video game. Font was all over Aldo. But Aldo maintained and once he gassed out, you can see why Jose controlled the position, as I predicted. But until that moment where you can see him kind of gassing out or kind of slowing down, well, I can't really say slowing down, but controlling top position and controlling Rob Font, he had these power bursts. 
And he used these power bursts with the intelligence of a veteran fighter. And let, let me tell you, him breaking through Rob Font's guard and him knocking Rob Font down in a fashion that I, I, I not only have I not seen Aldo do in a while, but I've never seen Rob Font kind of handled in that manner. Now, mind you, if, if, it, if it happened in some earlier fights, so be it. But this is, this is what I'm saying of what I've seen, right? Shout out to Aldo. Now, Jose, Jose Aldo maintaining his... Now, Jose Aldo maintaining against the pressure was amazing. I honestly think Aldo read The Richest Man in Babylon and applied it to his energy. He only spent his energy as an investment into Rob Font's timing, into Rob Font's, into Rob Font's body, into Rob Font's legs, and all major openings, all, all major openings of Rob Font. And again, I did say breaking through the guard. I do, <laughs> I do believe breaking through the font is major openings because you're creating your openings, just like a leg kick. A leg kick, yeah, that shit hurts. But you're creating an opening. You're creating a hesitation for you to land what you really want to land, which is them hands. Now, speaking of font, the amount of energy it takes to... Stay in, the pressure, stay in the pocket, pressure, slide out and evade without getting hit shouldn't be underestimated. To do that for five rounds or to try to do that for five rounds, like, like Sanhagen, like a TJ Dill, that shit cannot be easy. Now, you can get up and stand up in your living room wherever you're at. Hopefully, you're not in the car. Um, if you can stand up where you're, where you're at. You faint and dodge and back out and don't even punch. Don't punch. Don't kick. Don't do none of that shit. Just do it in a little small. Like you're in a phone booth. We're going to get into <laughs> We're going to talk about phone booths in a second. But just stay in a little pocket and move around without throwing one punch. And you tell me how much energy you've just consumed. Now imagine doing that against Jose Aldo. Now let's get into the understanding of fighting in a phone booth. It's being close enough to an individual, and this is my just brief description, being close enough to an individual like you were standing in a phone booth. We saw Font pressure Aldo, but stay a little too long to make that phone call. Meaning Aldo answered with power. If you're too young to know what a phone booth is, if you're too young, <laughs> if you don't understand the meaning, you know, phone booth, go look up Thai boxing in a phone booth. It's, it's hilarious. There's like two or three, is it more than two dudes? Anyways, there are multiple men fighting, I believe, in a phone booth. That's, I guess that's the, if you, if you want a visual dictionary, there you go. Now, let's get into Font. As I said before, I don't think this takes away from Font one bit. Yes, it injury-wise, um, 
damage wise i don't they, but it looks like like some, or some orbitals were broken there maybe on 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 both of these men um don't get me wrong font did damage to aldo but that power was the difference now if you listen back to the first episode, the pilot, or I'm going to call it a pilot, pilot at this point, episode one of the Commando, I basically laid out how Font could beat Jose Aldo. Guess what? Font came out and looked better than what I visually thought he can look like against Jose Aldo. Not only was he putting the pressure on him, he was... he. You can tell Jose Aldo was not Aldo was not liking it because Font was doing this double step jab and interrupting, or should I should I say disrupting Aldo's timing? And personally, I think this is what kind of slowed Aldo, slowed Font down to the point where Aldo could potentially start to hit those major openings. Now, the, the only thing that can, the only stat that these bet makers can't make, that the, these odd makers can't make, <laughs> that DraftKings can't make, that people, you know, it, the only thing that you can't measure is that strength of Aldo, unless you are an actual body or a head that takes that punch. And we saw that. We saw that in Rob Font's game. We saw that disrupt Rob Font's game into so much so that Rob Font wrestled at some point. Ron Font initiated the wrestling. That's how crazy this or see we we can predict these things, man. But what these fighters really want to do or what the what the fighters' game plan really is depends on. I honestly want to say I. I <laughs> It does depend on the media as well. You can tell it depends on the media as well based off the response of some of these fighters, including Jamal Hill. But again, uh, to wrap up the Font Aldo, man, um, shout out to both of them. And let's see who Font fights next. Shit, let's see who Aldo possibly destroys next. I can, I can imagine. Now, speaking of McGregor last week, and me not believing he can come back and uh, possibly hold hold a title, I do believe there should be a Aldo versus McGregor too. That would make a lot of money. That would that is what made. Well, I'm not going to say what made like McGregor didn't put in the work, but that is a defining point. One of the de- defining points in both of their careers to have a Aldo. Um, yeah, man, Aldo McGregor too would be hot. Now, moving on to some some of our notable wins, right? We did get a little lopsided last week. We, we There was some losers, or can't call them losers because shit. <laughs> well, uh, man, there were, some, there were some brutal stunnings, let me say that. So, getting into our first one. Chris Curtis, shout out to Chris Curtis. Six wins. I think that's the correct stat. Six wins in 2021. Currently on a seven-fight win streak. Chris Curtis, let's go. Now, after these two fights, um, I believe he should get it. Well, I, I don't know if it's obvious. It should be obvious. He should get a ranked fighter after this one for sure. Now, how far up the rankings? I don't know. Who's going to fight him next after he disposes two prospects? 
after he disposed Brandon Allen in such a way that I don't, man, at this pace, he should be fighting for a title in the next three fights. He should be fighting for the title probably before 2022 is out at this pace because he's, these are highlight knockouts we're talking about here. Now, let's get into Manel Cop. Shout out to his round one finish. It's exactly what he needed to pump some life back into his stock. And to be honest, I think he gives that whole division problems. Let's see if he's fighting. F- <laughs> uh, Brandon Moreno against Figueredo 3. It, it's difficult for me. Figueredo Moreno 1 was, was very weird. It was, it's, it's like it's coming back to haunt, uh, <laughs> haunt Figueredo. That, 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 that nut shot or that those two nut was it two nut shots that got him the, the final two or three anyways whoever's whoever's holding that title uh if Manel cop keeps winning like this you look out for Manel cop <laughs> now I'm not saying that he is a former we talked about this before he is a former champion I don't think this will be an issue for him we're gonna we're gonna talk about some ogs now we're gonna talk about Clay Guida now Clay Guida is still upsetting these dudes. Mind you, he got in a scrap with another OG and submitted him. But a couple of, or I believe Clay's last fight, if I'm being correct, if I'm correct, he fought Michael Johnson. And I think him fighting Michael Johnson wasn't, uh, <laughs> I think that was the UFC saying, oh, okay, you know, Michael Johnson face, face, <laughs> face Clay Guida. And, you know, you don't get your runs. Get, let's, let's get back in here, you know? Let's start stacking up these rent, well, these wins, and I honestly think Clay Guida was like, "Uh-uh, my brother, not 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 on me." And he showed us again. He submitted a submitter. Imagine Dustin submitting Oliver. I don't see Oliveira tapping out, but imagine Dustin submitting Oliveira. What what is the bet on that right now? That'd be crazy. Now I almost wrapped up here. Told you I keep it brief, but. I had a question. Now, this question stems from the beginning of the episode. And this was about Tony Ferguson. Um, Tony, Fogus, Tony Ferguson's fight against Oliveira, where I believe he should have tapped. Now, people, oh, you're not, you're not a fighter. You don't know. You, to be honest with you, you're right. You are correct. But most smart people, right, I'm not calling fighters dumb because there are some fighters who have expressed they've tapped out because it's, they're not going to be damaged beyond repair to where they can no longer perform at a certain at their peak because of pride. And I believe Tony Ferguson took what he again he should have tapped out, but he took it beyond uh, you know the respect for his career, respect for his body. Now, mind you, if he would have came back and knocked out Oliveira, I guess it's all for all for not correct, but. Does this make a better you going into a championship fight? Which, again, what that fight was for, it was for the championship. But does this, to solidify that championship, right? You, you got to go fight, or at that time, you would have fought Michael Chandler. Tony Ferguson would have fought Michael Chandler if he won. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't see it. I mean, the universe didn't see it. That's why it went the way it did. My point is, I believe fighters should be, or... Hopefully, we'll see it in the WFL, but where's the longevity here, right? And the same way we think about our limbs, should we not think about the organ in our head? Should we not think about our brain? Should we not think about our ligaments in a way that 
hey, can I, I still want to perform at the highest I can perform. This is why we have rules and of not being hit in certain manners, not being, you, you can't be hit by a ground, you know, by an upkick if you're grounded. You can't be just certain things that can't be done because they're trying to protect you. Now, pride is a mother, pride is, is crazy. But I think that's a knowledge and even for maybe the referees to incorporate, maybe for it to incorporate in the rules, period. If, if your ligament is going, <laughs> looks to be protruding out of your, you know, your arm, not out of the skin, but out of your arm, can we let that go on? Can, can we let you compete? But again, uh, not to take away from the toughness of Tony Ferguson in that one, in that regard, I just believe, closing the point out, that these fighters should, or the MMA community as a whole, right? The organization, the rules, the referee, these companies, these promotions, managers. I think we need to process how we protect our bodies in these fights, competing, right? Because you get rolled off the field, not comparing it to another sport, because this MMA is like no other sport. But people get rolled off the field when they break their ankle. They're not allowed to keep playing, right? If they're concussed, well, again, fighting is different. But based on some things that we hold in a regard as, as high standards in other sports, we need to start incorporating into MMA for the longevity of these fighters, for the longevity of not having any more people turn into the fighters that can't speak anymore. Now, I don't want to get into the Max Holloway thing, but the Max Holloway talk is this, it's this, the Max Holloway discussion, him taking too many punches and being the best boxer, like having the highest strike to minute rate, whatever it's called. I mean, whatever it currently is, it's, it has to be an issue at some point. Now, is it now or is it later in life? Anyways, not to be all, (laughs) that's going to wrap it up. That's going to do it for the Commando, episode two. Um, To everybody fighting today, good luck. Hopefully we don't see any broken ligaments. (laughs) And I I am kind of leaning towards Oliveira, always have. And the doubt kind of put me over the edge. But congrats to whoever wins. Uh, I'm honestly going to be at work, so I'm not going to see it in real time. But, you know, I'll catch it when when I get back home. Anyways, you guys enjoy. Thank you for listening. Thank you for pressing play as always. Hey, if you got time, head over to themoviereels.com. Click on some buttons. I also installed a new button called Give Mike a Cup of Coffee. Now, I'll be honest with you. (laughs) I've been kind of cutting down on the coffee. But as you give Mike a cup of coffee, all this goes into the production of movie roles. This obviously gives me more time to put out more content to hire more people and to act honestly flush out movie roles. So just don't believe that <laughs> this is straight coffee money. Don't <laughs> I love coffee, but we're trying to build a company and a beautiful community here. Look out for more memberships and uh, more modules opening up soon. Thanks again. Peace.